0: Welcome to uh, Collective Mass Radio number three. Uh, with me today is Dayla. Uh, i worked with him on uh, a number of projects when I was with him at Sabretooth. He is a Unity um, brainwiz kid. He knows what he's doing, specifically with uh, UI. He's had a couple of really interesting projects that have been uh, very much 2D based. Um, and I'll just hand over to him uh, to give you a little bit of a rundown about himself and uh, how he got into Unity.
1: Hey there, uh, so yeah, this is Um, You know, I really, I, I was a Flash guy for a number of years. Uh, I started programming at about 14, and, um, you know, I was really into, I, I, I'm sort of a, you know, a multidisciplinary tech artist more than just a developer, I suppose. Uh, but I was doing a lot of video stuff as a younger person, and um, Flash is really great. You could do titles and stuff like that very easily. Um, After Effects, I don't think, had really quite come along yet. And um, then when I was in college, I just uh, I just started landing cool work, and um, wasn't really that into school. And so I started kind of you know chasing stuff at a young age. Um, in 2004, I I was nominated for best web application. Uh, since then, I've been nominated for Webby and won some uh, won several FWA awards. Or the projects, you know, three projects I've worked on have won FWA awards. And um, I think one even got uh, side of the month, too. Nice. Um, And so that kind of, you know, the word stuff really launched my Flash career. I always meant to get into video games, uh, but I didn't pursue, like, learning DirectX and learning um, Direct3D and and all the Microsoft DLLs. You know, when I started working, when I became a senior dev at Yahoo, I was pretty much Mac-only from, actually, I mean, I might have even been Mac-only since, like, 2005 or something. And purely on accident, I was actually already, you know, uh, an MCSD, I already had Compute Certifications, and very much a trained PC person. Uh, but so, yeah, uh, Flash was great. It was great to me. It paid super well. It was hard to... It's actually hard to. wasn't even so much into the work. It was just hard to turn down the great offers I was getting. And, um, and so games kind of fell to the wayside while I just sort of Built built up my career and pursued more you know financially driven projects, and um, you know meanwhile I was playing in a rock and roll band so I was I was getting my creative nut off there, and um, didn't maybe didn't need so much you know because when I was a teen I was super into just doing uh, development work just as a creative thing you know make you know mimic old titles and stuff and um, uh, you know I was doing I was making games in QBASIC and Visual Basic and all that stuff at a young age. But that was that was where I was, you know, getting doing creative things. And so when I started playing a lot of rock and roll, and you know, we 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 put out a record and like did a little tour, and uh, you know, had some songs and some TV shows and stuff. And so that was great. And um, and I still do that sort of thing. But now I read my my pride. You know, it's like you kind of go through these phases where your primary passion is is a thing, you know something. And so um, you know, I've, video games have kind of I guess me for a while too, I just was like, oh man, I, how am I going to meet girls or how am I going to like uh, live my life if I spend all this time, you know, look at all the effort I put into getting all this stuff in Grand Theft Auto, like what if I put that effort into my actual IRL, you know, so uh, I had kind of set video games down for a bit and again was, you know, playing music and pursuing work that made me good money and um, and that was always Flash work and, and I liked Flash, it was a good tool. Um, and then. You know, when Adobe bought it, they did some cool things, like AS3 was great, you know, the the addition of Flex and, um, you know, you sort of t- bringing Flash to more professional development tools was very exciting, but that, um, but then they stopped there, and meanwhile, it's funny, I, I'm friends with Carlos Uloa, who's the uh, guy who wrote the Paper Vision 3D library, which is also, and I'm also friends with the guy who did the way through, I don't know him as well, but, um, I forget his name actually at this moment. Um, but the guy who did Away 3D, you know, I had dinner with him a few times, and because we both spoke at, at Flash Things in the past, and and also with Carlos Aloa. and it's funny because like the Away 3D guy, he made he turned Away 3D into like a money making thing by starting a little consultant company that would um, they would like if your project was done in Away 3D and you needed help or you needed to do things in at the Library, he'd do it for you. Carlos Aloa actually, you know, wrote. PaperVision three, d which is the core part of the way three D library, and he was like Flash's like golden boy. After that, right? Like, he was a badass, and he was a great dude. You know, he's from Spain. He's formerly been doing work for PlayStation games, right? And um, and he wrote that whole three D API himself, which is very impressive. in Flash, of all things, and that was before the um, hardware acceleration came to right, Flash. Right, right. You know. So meanwhile, a year goes by. And I don't see much, nothing you didn't really, nothing new. I, all this work had been done on paper vision and then suddenly just stopped like, and uh, I ran into him at some industry, some, you know, Flash thing or Adobe thing or something. And I uh, was like, yo dude, so what's what's up? Like, you must, you must have just been getting crazy projects like with this right, right, paper right. vision thing, that's why we're not hearing from you. And he's like, oh no, actually I, I started, I, I started developing in another environment. I'm like, oh, what is it called? called Unity have you ever heard of it Unity what is what is that no I, I haven't heard of Unity what is that he's like well I think it's made by these Russian dudes and like it's like you could, it's like works in the browser and it's like dude, they're doing fucking games like real games you know right. like real 3D it's like it just blows like Flash can do 5,000 polys this can do 500,000 polys like what <laughs> and but again Flash is still good to me then you know it hadn't been killed by the iOS Android thing and uh, so, it was. It wasn't until Flash sort of went out of vogue. I was working at this company called Sabretooth, which is where I would eventually meet Roger. And um, uh, or you, sir? I'm sort of, I'm sort of almost like talking to like a third person here. <laughs> You're welcome to. Uh, is- and so, uh, they were, it was cool. It was cool. It could do stuff. You know, I like that. I like that it compiles. I like that you get like an executable binary right. out of it. I'm sick of, like, browser shit. I'm sick of making something work for everything. Like, uh, how about it just works great in one place? Right. You know? And um, a lot of what makes a lot of great sites not great is compatibility. Yeah. You know, making things work everywhere. And this one thing is so bitching, but you know what? 30% of users won't see it. Or 10% or 5% (laughs) or 1%. Yeah. You know? And when 1% of users can dictate something... When they're not even a paying customer, you know, you start to wonder, why do I care so much about, like, don't come to my site. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Don't work for you? Like, cool. If And because you want to use something weird or whatever, like, or you're on your phone. Like, you know what? Not a phone experience. Just put, like, a little message there that's, like, out to lunch, you know, because you're on your <laughs> phone. Like, come back when you're at a desktop. Um, because if you really want to see our content, you'll do that. And should we spend 20 more thousand dollars on our site to make you, this small portion of people happy? I don't know. It's like, and that's the thing, it kind of reminds, it takes you back to like, as an artist, no, you don't do stuff for like, you do stuff cause you want to do it this way cause this way is good and this way gets you, you know, that yeah. you believe in this way cause you believe in the product or what, you know, you want to make X thing, you know, so you do it. It's like. You don't say. Well, one percent of the people just don't like red. You shouldn't use any red in it. Like, well, you know what? It's one percent of people. Fuck off. Um, and it's like, and that's sort of. I was feeling that way about web web work. I was just done. I was just done with it. I have no love for it anymore, and it doesn't excite me anymore. And um, and I and I was like, why did I do this? I was even asking myself, do I even still want to be a programmer? like, maybe this isn't my deal, like, at the time, I was doing, you know, I was consulting for, um, stickham.com, and I had become the artist liaison, and I was, like, going on tour with bands doing live streams from their, from the stage, multi-camera, like, live webcasts that I ran myself, it was super fun, right? you know, it was a lot of work, but it was super fun, I, like, met all kinds of artists, like, I was... I heard the new Nero record for the first time on stage with Nero. Like, <laughs> it's bitchin', you know? And I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was having a great time. Right. And so, uh, then, while working at Sabretooth, at a purely just-here-to-make-money gig, um, I saw these guys doing stuff in Unity, and, and also thought they were kind of like, these weren't hard-ass developers. These were like kids straight out of college who like, weren't even really taking their work seriously yet. Like, they hadn't re- they hadn't even gotten to the point yet where they, like, understood programming it to be this, like, f- martial art, you know? Right. And, um... are like, you can fucking bring things to reality. Man, that's so cool. And, uh... So, I... I saw... I don't know. I just thought to myself, you know, Unity's still this new thing, and all the guys are doing it are just straight out of college, guys. And these guys aren't killers yet. They're not, right. like they don't they've never had they've never stayed up all night and and then another all night just to make a deadline or something you know and 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 I have and I have and I'm like and at this point I was already feeling very confident about my chops and all that and I wasn't intimidated by learning something new at right. all so I you know I got some books I started and I just started doing tutorials doing lessons doing stuff and like quickly I was like oh my god this unity thing The environment is the best environment I've ever worked in. Like Flash should have become this. Flash was positioned to become this, right? And they just stopped working on it, and they sat on their laurels, and they also like uh, locked the community out as much as they could, you know. Whereas the community was Flash man, and you know, then Unity, like Unity, believes in the community so much that they created the asset store right where you can buy a $5 version of something that competes with their own thing you know like uh I want to say I got video to work without on iOS without doing the upgrade right with a $5 or $10 plugin right. which hey amen and maybe I'll find another region like static batching or something on a future title which will justify the cost of that for me or maybe I'll just finally switch over to subscription but um which I think is great that they do that uh, but yeah it's like now you know uh, I, I wouldn't work anywhere else you know I love C Sharp as a language um, I love but I do like also that it by allowing multiple languages in you sort of open the door up yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like more kids are trying it because it has JavaScript Right. you know and and eventually they'll They'll become harder developers, <laughs> <Like> <laughs> right. NASA, you know, and they'll probably start using C sharp. I noticed, that, I mean, most people do. Most people end up taking that course. Yeah. Um, you know, the object oriented stuff, the like everything about the C family of languages um, is is it's it's um it's professional grade. Yeah, yeah. I, that's good stuff. It's, I mean that's a whole. Co- you know, you can talk for a couple hours about all the reasons why, and JavaScript just isn't quite there, and. No knock on it. It's very functional. I'd encourage people to learn it, you know. But um but yeah, so Unity, it's like number one, that search thing that's inside of every panel, <laughs> Jesus, what a bless I like it 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 changed my life so much, that thing. And also how you can type T colon and then a type. Yeah. And yeah. it'll just break it down to types. Um that changed yeah, there's I never used like I used control F in or Apple F, you know where you been where we're at. Um, whenever I was in a website and I wanted to get to the content I was really looking yeah, for, yeah, yeah, it's super yeah. handy. And and I learned to use that while programming because you know wh- where did I use this variable find you know right. or find and replace um, when you want to make code you cut and paste it look like your own real quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So then, like suddenly I was using find in my UI. Because, like, Flash, finding Flash was worthless. It doesn't even... Right, like, right. I, it's, it <laughs> pretends to work. It does not it Barely. When it does work, I'm surprised. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, that that right there, like, it goes to show you, like, these guys have made a great tool, like, to the point where it's just, it's got all these shortcuts, all these things that you don't need to know, but if you do know, they're pitching. Yeah. You know, the way that... And it does things... They have learned from every other tool. It's like... Okay, you're, you should be able to reconstruct your panel layout. Like, boom, does that fantastically? Yeah, you
0: know, um, the whole idea of being able to just make your own
1: editor tools was it was just like a big light, for dude. Me. And that's something straight from 3D Studio Max. Yeah. And yeah, Flash kind of had it, but it never was. About, it, it was, was such a, it, there was it was really hard for the person who wanted to make the tool to execute the whole. Procedure yeah, and I forget why but there's some details in how it's constructed that make it a bitch I found that the
0: skinning in flash was just annoying like I had to make a tool and then I had to get like the correct skinning for my little You know, yeah, well, and it's funny. And it was...
1: the, the first one was hard to use the second one I wa- Grant Skinner wrote it. He's the guy who did cream sock Yeah, yeah. right who's like one of the better-known flash to use out there and I watched him demo it at a conference and it looked workable Somehow, I never quite pulled it off myself, mm-hmm. and I consider myself to be the top one percent of Flash users. Um, you have to really want to do it, whereas in Unity, it's like just a—it's pretty much like making an editor tools like a byproduct of writing good software. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and the whole
0: idea with making the editor tools editor tools was. To save you time while programming. And I found in Flash where you're like, i got this batch thing I need to do. It's going to take me longer to write the tool than If I'm not using this tool is... every day for it's, a month, yeah. it's not worth the
1: time investment. Exactly. Might as well just, you know... And with Unity, it's just like boom, boom, boom. And actually, down. what I did was stuff like that. Where I needed something that, that was more like a Photoshop action. Mm-hmm. Dude, I have a Tartarus well, previously in Nostromo, i 52, but now I have a... Razor Tartarus, right? Over this mm-hmm. and um, it has a fully programmable thing. It could program. You could program sequences with times and stuff like that. And so, what I could do is just make myself a one. If I had like a twelve-step task to right. do a hundred times on, let's say, a library of objects or something, um, and I couldn't, and I didn't feel like it was worth automating it in code, I would instead automate it through a keyboard controller <laughs> that you use for video games. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. And get the same get essentially the same result. You, yeah. know? you have to wonder why
0: like more stuff doesn't have macro support like that, you know?
1: Most users can't handle it. Most users don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. Like even in like I've been I got back into playing World of Warcraft recently and um, they've changed out all the spells and stuff so none of my old macros work. And I didn't quite remember the macro syntax. So ne- it's like such a poorly covered top considering the breadth and depth of World of Warcraft sites yeah. and content that you could find online—the yeah. very small amount of it—is actually dedicated to quality macro programming. And aren't, aren't people doing this? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff, a lot of buttons to push in that game. Like, yeah. you got to macro it out. But back to Unity, like, you know, basic editor things come as a byproduct of good coding. But then, very sophisticated editor things come from writing these editor scripts. They just sort of pair with your other script, yeah. and that's it, there's no other step, there's no compile, there's no thing to do, there's no like bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you don't have to make it an MXP or something, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't need to get installed, it's there, and when it changes, it just, it updates everywhere. Yeah. Like, Unity is constantly, you know, they've got that library of, of things it's called, it's called library and temp sometimes, where Unity generates all this stuff, because yeah, it's yeah. constantly, recompiling itself and your project. Yeah. And it makes up all these, like, shortcuts to make that as painless as possible. Yeah, caching stuff. Yeah. And, um, again, brilliant. 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 Nobody demanded that feature, probably. They put it in. It's good. Yeah. You know? Um, they saw that indie developers were making better 2D UI tools than they have, they were. So they they acknowledged it, first off, that they were, had an intention of, of improving it. Mm-hmm. And then they started improving it. Yeah. You know? And it's good. Um it's not all there, but it's good. Yeah, and and again, you know, a 3D engine. It's just such a good one that 2D guys want to use it to make their 2D games.
0: Yeah, the cross-platform support, I think, is the, the, the thing that nailed it. It was like, everybody's been waiting for... Build to every platform. The yeah. thing
1: Java always promised. Remember yeah. Java? I remember like, that, yeah. Right in one place, it works everywhere. Well, yeah, sure, <laughs> call it that. Install the blanket like, for us, though. I mean, first mm-hmm. off, tell your developers not to assume everybody has the same library and just compile the... I mean, there's a lot of that in Java stuff. To make it all small, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just don't include... They assume you'll have a certain library... Or whatever, don't include it. Like Unity, it's a compiled thing, man. It's good. Something like I want a binary. I don't ever want to produce stuff that isn't to a binary anymore. Yeah. It's like filmmakers, you know, they don't like they don't give you any control of how the film is experienced to ensure that it's a great experience. You're right? They don't, you know. It's like I'm trying to think of a, of a parallel but it's like with with web stuff. Again, it's like you're supposed to do all this stuff so they can sort of do it how they want to do it. Yeah, yeah. When it's on a mobile device or it's on a console, you don't get that control. And you get great games. Yeah. You know, you get great content. Yeah. Um, let content creators create. Stop making them... Stop making content creators deal with making our shit work on your shit. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know? Like, no. I, I would like to... Like, the fact that Unity compiles so beautifully to all these platforms with very minimal... Like, I, I try to avoid that whole if device and yeah. if device stuff as much as possible. Um, and that's cool that that's there. But, like, it doesn't really... Even when you do have to do that, you don't have to do much of it. No. You know? And, um, you know, there are some things like the new controller initiative that Unity seems to be running with already. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's like every... Device you could possibly want to publish yeah.
0: to. I think the 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 just the confidence in it. I mean, like specifically coming from the Flash side of stuff, we've we've been in that thing where you know we've been ninjas at um, a particular discipline, and all of a sudden it's gone now, right? So you've got like what ten years plus worth of time invested in yep. this tool, you are, and then all of a sudden like it's not. It's there just enough. out of vogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know?
1: And it yeah. might even come back because you know what? No one's happy with HTML <laughs> five. It is not oh, delivered on any. God. It is delivered on none of its promise. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that, and as you know it's going to happen back when Flash, okay, it has some some it does some no-no things like you can you can crash a browser. Yeah. You, you know, for sure, a bad program. And plenty of black, bad pro, pro, Flash programmers have put out tons of bad Flash content. Mm-hmm. One thing nice we can say about the Apple Store and its approval process sure does keep I mean, yeah, some shit still gets through, but it's shit creatively, not technically. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and they there's they're not going to let you go gonna- App in the App Store at least are going to do their best not to. Sorry about that. Um, that's going to crash their device. Yeah. And the thing is, Flash content was crashing mobile devices, and it was if they let it happen, people would start to say, "Oh, this mobile device, piece of shit, always crashes." Yeah, yeah. They don't know it crashed because of Flash, and the user shouldn't know that. They shouldn't have to know that some little piece of technology in the website they're on, th- you know, through the the wrench in the gear works. Right? Yeah, yeah. like we can't expect the user to know that stuff, and so. That's that's why they axed it. They just banned it, you know? And uh as the, as these devices become have more and more powerful hardware, I could see a runtime interpreted blah 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 language like Flash is. <laughs> yeah. but also to Unity starts so like it just compiles to multiple things, like, you know.
0: Yeah, the guys put in the time and effort. But now
1: I don't need to go back to Flash anymore. Now if somebody wanted if somebody was down to have a plugin for a site or something and wanted Flash like stuff. I'd be like, "Oh, dude, let's do it in Unity." Yeah,
0: I know plenty of my clients. I was quite surprised. Some big, uh, big hitters um, from an advertising point of view. Like I, I said, "Hey, we're going to make this uh, this game using the Unity Web Player." Didn't blink. Like where usually there was huge Unity can pushback. compile
1: the Flash now too. Uh,
0: they actually dropped the support for that. Okay, yeah, yeah they they just had too much
1: issues. And you and know what they... to do. We probably didn't help them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Adobe should have helped them. They should would put have him alive.
0: Uh, but I just don't want to talk shit. I just I think they they just didn't see any future in it. And it was at a particular time where I think um, Adobe stopped support for a particular engine that they were working on, a, a scripting engine. And then the
1: very next day, I think Unity. Yeah, because remember on they used to have that alchemy thing that they were working on. Whereas, like, you could combine Flash stuff with, like, C libraries and you could make executables and, like, they really had a lot of innovative, if you were in on the beta stuff, from yeah, DAB, yeah, yeah. they've had a lot of innovative tools that never see the light of day. Yeah. You know, like, all the HTML5 tools they were making, they were looking pretty cool, but Yeah, yeah, I was wondering I, what I happened I, to them. And they seem like they have endless money, but they're also, aren't they a publicly traded company now? Yeah, I think, you, yeah. That's, that's the problem, dude. You know, it's like... Yeah. too to me, cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> right. Yeah, Google, well, Yeah. Go. Google's managed to do, I think, do a good job. Sort yeah. sort of, but, but yeah, so Unity, don't go public, guys. <laughs> keep it, get, get big, but keep it small. Yeah.
0: Well, um, yeah, we can wax lyrical about Unity's, you know cross-platform support i won just love the idea that i can make a game and i don't have to worry if it does well and i want to move it to pc or console That yeah. i don't have to rewrite the whole thing yeah. it's just you
1: know Not, i mean really you might only rewrite one percent yeah i might just you know, have to and it might just be more about inputs than anything
0: <laughs> yeah probably you don't have to upraise textures because the textures for like mobile devices are way bigger than most pcs will ever handle um so um, wait what it again most textures for mobile devices are bigger than PCs handle. I mean, like, most you, PCs are, like, HDMI, right? So, but, like, the max size... Oh, you mean the
1: resol, what you can actually see resolution-wise? You're getting 72 pixels per inch. And,
0: well, not, not just that. Like, the, the biggest size that I designed for, like, my my golden number for um, which is cross-platform best. stuff is 2880 by 1600. So, like, that's really big. And the only screen that I have that can actually show that many pixels is the Retina display on my Mac. Okay.
1: Right? Yeah, I mean, you see me right here. I got two 1080p monitors. They go to 1080. Yep. You know? <laughs> um, and I don't miss whatever is, I don't feel like I'm missing anything.
0: No, no. You, I,
1: I am. You know, and actually, it's funny because uh, people are like, well, you have this screen, but you can't increase the resolution anymore. What well, Doesn't that frustrate you? that... I'm like, no, actually, that's what I wanted. Like, I'm working on, uh, this 2D comic engine, this multi-planar 3D 2D comic engine, uh, which is part of my upcoming title, Rebel Future, which you can see at rebelfuture.com. Um, and so the d- building out the comics is, is, a, uh, we're and as we're working on the tools, it gets easier and faster, but especially the first batch of 3D comics I made, uh, I was doing, you know, I like in like all in Unity, I'll have my main screen open, uh, with all my all my core panels. Like I'll have the, the scene in a big in a big way, and then I'll have um, my hierarchy. Then I'll have my projects like folders, and then I'll have my inspector. Um, and then in my smaller Mac screen, I'll have game and output and console. Right, right. You know, and so. I'll make adjustments in in with all like use I'll be in the scene and making adjust gives adjustments or whatever, but I'm looking at the other screen right, right, right to see the update in the game screen because that's what matters, that's what the user sees, and so that's an, always been great for me, and I've never needed more than that. But once I start working on the 3D comics, it's they're so like it's such it's such an it was such an eye strain to put it lightly like um, and there's a lot of what, what we would call pixel fucking yeah, yeah. where it's like, you know, you, you, you get that thing where it's just like, ah, oh, it just needs, ah, uh, just needs a little, mm, little scotch <laughs> just a pixel. Uh, uh, there, oh, maybe one more. Uh. And man, um, you know, it's like, it's, it, these are comics and they're high detail images squished down into sometimes small little panels. There's multiple panels on the screen. Um, which is part of the, what's awesome about them. And, uh, You know, it's like, I got 10 cameras on the screen, just all displaying, and I'm looking at one little square, and trying to make, and looking at some detail inside of it, and trying to adjust it, really what I should do, you know, is move to the other screen. Wow, it's still not quite enough. And so then, I bought TVs, and I started doing it on TVs at 1080, because it's like, I don't need it squished down to lots of pixels, I need lots of, I need pixels blown up, Right. you know, like, I need to see... I need to really see stuff, and so um, yeah, so it totally changed my work environment, but it, for the better. I'll never go back, probably. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so you know, again, like with with all these projects, it's like I do. I only do stuff in Unity now. You know, you want a bitching game? I'd love to give it to you. It's <laughs> going to be built in Unity. Um, I don't. I can't. I have yet to find a reason not to work in it. I only come to love the environment more and more, and. Um, I have a lot of confidence in in myself and to do great things in that environment, and um, and you know it's it's getting it's getting hot. People are starting to look for it. Oh, Blizzard, it's getting Blizzard hot. is hiring for Unity developers right now. Really? Um, I'm tempted to apply. <laughs> you know, I know it would probably require Still me to move to Irvine, but yeah. and it, and I like being an independent developer. You know, but it would be it's one of the few companies where I love their products so much and. I I love their culture so much like I I could be I could move to Argentina and it become just a lifer. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yeah. You know, so I should I should send this to them right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They're probably here. But yeah, so you know, Blizzard, if you're out there, robofuture.com, call me. <laughs> uh but yeah, you know, I mean I I I'm in love with the idea of creating my own intellectual property and being able to deliver it in as many, media forums as possible mm-hmm. and you know we're making cartoons we're making comics we're making games you know and it's all meant to feel like a sort of a seamless experience and um it's like I have a few essential tools you know I got Photoshop I got Unity I got Logic I think that's it <laughs> I can't live without those those three things like I can't I can't do what I want to do without those tools, but in everything, I mean, there's other great tools, After Effects was a great tool, you know, but, um, it's like, I I used to do Warcraft 3 mods, and, you know, Blizzard actually went out of their way to make this tool for people to do stuff, you know, and somebody did something, some, a bunch of people did great things with it, um, you know, we did a game that was like eight dudes, Right versus the dungeon and one dude. Right, right, right. And the the one dude who's in, who's on the dungeon side could warp around and whatever. And if he died, he got resurrected. But the if any of the eight heroes died, they got resurrected as an evil version of themselves, and then now we're on the side of the dungeon.
0: All right, right,
1: right. And um, it, we ended up. It, the mistake we made was we, we used cinematics. Right. And we shouldn't have done that because it didn't work. A, it didn't work very well. And it didn't pour over easily once um, Wrath of Lich King came out. But also the players couldn't deal with it. And there was a voting system to skip it, but you couldn't have... A, it's a, either everybody had to skip or nobody could skip it, whatever. So that kind of killer <laughs> thing. But, dude, it was amazing making this game with this tool, right? Because we were able to make a pro experience that was made with the Warcraft 3 engine and their tools. just like. And I'm trying to relate this back to Unity because I feel like... Unity is this, but then to, like, a hundred times, you know? Yeah. So we were able to make this great tool and put it out on a platform that everyone, actually, people got to play it. And and it was an amazing experience to see people playing our game, our level, our thing, you know? That's wonderful. And um, and it was cool because you ask yourself, if you and seven mates were, like, trying to get, were going through this long dungeon together, right, in an adventure game, and you're leveling and stuff, Um, and then one of you dies... Would you, would you, would you go back and kill your mates? If you got resurrected (laughs) and met for something, I don't know, would people do that? Oh, yes, (laughs) they will. People are vicious, oh my god, and that was a great experience to see, like, wow, this game idea worked. Right. And we were, when we did it to a quality level and put it out on a platform that it got consumed on, wow, what an experience. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know, and... It, and it wasn't until Unity that I got that experience again, you know? Like, none of my Flash work was ever as good as I wished it to be. None of it was ever, you know, like... I, I was never able to do, like, really do something that's really bitching. And, you know, I can make a fucking AAA game. Yeah. Look, at, look at these hands, man. <laughs> these hands, I can make a AAA game yeah, with yeah. Unity 3D. And the Asset Store, you know? And some Googling and Photoshop. And some logic, you know, but you can do it right all
0: right there. Talking about that, I mean, like years ago, before I, I first got into XNA, um, before I moved over to to Unity, um, and a if you get into it, is managed DirectX, it gets a lot of flack, but all it is is C with DirectX. Um, if you get, to I not bad about it, yeah, um. But, I mean, but it's wonderful, and I loved it, and I really enjoyed getting the low-level things and basically building a game framework, um, because it allowed you to do that. That's what what you did, that title that you
1: got, that you almost won that Microsoft thing. Yeah, yeah, Alien Jelly. Alien Jelly, which is a great game. Thank you. I played that Xbox version of it, and I really enjoyed it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, uh, it'll be out of... Mobile movie. You
1: ported it. I saw a port that you were working on. Of um, yes, coming out
0: later this year. Watch the space. Um, But the thing with it is, is like okay, so I got it, and I tried to talk to Microsoft about getting it on uh, Xbox Live Arcade. But strangely enough, they had another title that came out like you know near my release time that was almost exactly the same. Um, and I'm not saying these guys stole it, but what I am saying is now all of a sudden Microsoft doesn't have interest in my property because they've got their own property. They want to punt, so I'm screwed. And it was really sad because I had like two and a half and years. What's,
1: what's the what's the what's the risk in them just have two have two properties on the store? They both could make money. Yep. And they support your indie developers. Yeah. They you just
0: they just they weren't yeah. So I it mean, got buried on. Um, that makes on me so mad. I know, but the thing is, is like okay. So I understand it, right? They are the controllers of their own portal. Fine. I was very sad and I was very bitter. Uh, what I what I was bummed about was just like now I've got a game. I've got two and a half years worth of intellectual investment in their engine, and I can do jack squat with it.
1: I can do nothing with it. Because it's try only going to run on this platform.
0: Yep. It's only going. I could try and port it over to, to It's a platform to that's highly controlled. Yep. So so it was after that experience um, that I was just like, you know what, Unity, I embrace you. And they have been everything. Like, if it doesn't work on Android, if it doesn't work on iOS, I push it to Steam. If it doesn't work there, find some obscure device. I mean, let's say Windows 8 when is you obscure. It work,
1: you mean if, if it doesn't find an audience that yes, wants yes. to consume it.
0: Technically, it'll work flawlessly, I'm sure. But it's the the whole idea of like maybe Windows eight mobile would be like the perfect, you know, area for it. There's only you never know, but you are free to explore that that. You're never technically limited anymore where you were before, right? It's hard enough making a game. It's hard enough making a game by yourself. It's hard enough making a game by yourself after hours. Like to be hamstrung again by, by platform is just ridiculous. So I I can't stop singing Unity's praises for that. Um, The other cool thing is that I came from uh, looking for the perfect perfect game engine, like Zone. Um, And from that Zone, I looked at all these other tools, like Talk. I got big into, but Talk was a repurposed first person shooter engine, right? And I find that all the engines that were on offer, this was about 2007, um, at that time, were just repurposed first-person shooter engines right and I wanted to make weird ass games I wanted to make games that uh, that um, kind of you know you're going the center of gravity is in the middle of the planet and you're just going around this planet and it has nothing to do with any other first person stuff and it was really hard to mod those engines Uh, it was great to see unity come out with the engine from the starting block, yeah, games towards feel, doing easy. it doesn't feel like
1: it's meant for a quote unquote first person games.
0: Exactly, you like, can do anything with it, and I loved it. They kind of took, I'm going to make games. They boiled it down to what is the core pieces that we can yeah. do. They solved a lot of problems between well, inheritance have, and interfacing.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny because not only do they have such reusable everything in that inside of the Unity engine is is a is a reusable piece of software that was very well thought out. But also, I I now make the most reusable software I've ever made. Like, yeah. I, and I could be wrong in calling it the decorator pattern, um, but it certainly acts like a decoration. Uh, but basically, Unity is this like giant implementation of decorator pattern, at right. least as I understand yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like before, it's like okay, I'm going to write this. Here's this object, and it's it has all these things it's going to do. You know, well let's say one of these things it does is something a lot of things will do. So you might superclass it and then make all these child classes that inherit the core things and whatever. But now it's like, well actually let's take let's take something like it's selectable, right? right. And it gets a bounding box that the user sees when they click on it. And then maybe a health bar and a nameplate appears above it. Right. There's a common thing that all kinds of objects, be them friend or foe or blah 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 will all use this thing, right? right? So now, instead of it becoming, it becoming, a, a, a properties and members of uh, an existing class. It becomes its own standalone thing. Yeah. That I drag and drop onto the object. Yeah. And Now I use it everywhere, and I use it everywhere in a very healthy way. Where I'm not like I'm not going out of my way to like make this thing so complicated to, to handle all these situations. Instead, I'm taking core functionality and I'm making it standalone. Yeah. And then. And then I'm able to decorate things with all these bits of core functionality. And the thing that makes it itself, that makes it special, that makes it, it its own object, it's like it's what its purpose and its little life is. That class is very small and light. Yeah. And it's also a decorator. Yeah. You know. And um,
0: it's a it's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, like you look at it for your specific um example that you had there. Like most people will be like, okay. I'm going to make a. Make an avatar class, right? So that my enemies and my main character can use it, right? And that's what's going to have the health bar. So you go down this whole path. All of a sudden, somebody says, hey, um, what happens if guys climb into tanks, right? And then they can drive this tank. And then when the tank blows up, then they climb out and carry on shooting. All of a sudden, now you're in this clusterfuck because you're like, okay, you know, I have to now try These and like get auto-scale
1: to the avatar. Well, no, the tank is completely out of the bounds of what the avatar was ever exactly. meant, how big it was meant to be. Exactly. And it, its nameplate in health bar, now scaling with it, now I have this giant health bar it takes over half the screen. Like, now I'm going to have to go in and monkey with the core class and handle this thing and yeah. put in special cases or blah, blah, blah. Like, and now it's just... Or not reuse my code. <laughs> yes. Right? Or make a whole other thing. And it's like, well, here's... No, now we have... Here's the health bar thing. Yeah. Here is the selector thing. Here yeah. is the little floaty underneath thing. You know, like... And, and these things can work together or not, you know, like everything can be like so modular, dude. Yeah. I've never written more modular code. I reuse my own code (laughs) all the time now. (laughs) Like like not like I really do. And we always try to remember. It's not like we weren't interested in this. We were always going out of our way to write something reusable. And you know what? 99% of the time it didn't even get reused. Yeah. You know, and we wanted to reuse it. And we went to extra effort, wasted hours, like being a dick programmers, making this, oh, <laughs> bro. It could shangri la, you yeah, know, yeah, like because yeah, yeah. that's we want that. We're lazy programmers, but we work the most hours.
0: <laughs> that's it's the thing you're talking about having the shangri la because now when you actually get into the new mindset of this com- component based model, um, you you get into this idea of like, wait a minute, I don't have to make this do everything i just need to make it do its core functions right yeah so i don't need, need to leave anything open because i'll just make another component to do that right yeah and if i see need down in the future that this particular com- component has that functionality i'll just add it in right yeah it's it's easy enough to add to existing components because they're not clustered with a whole bunch of existing functionality yep. and um and that's what i find just just super great it's so elegant I
1: and mean, you know yeah. when you get into it it really is elegant um, yeah you know. Uh, and, and simple. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> like it's that to a T. Yeah. Um, and well implemented and then, you know, it's like whew, just right there.
0: Right. So uh, we're going to take a bit of a break now and uh, when we get back we're going to talk about uh, Dayla's experience with uh, UI solutions. Just chat about that stuff a bit and um, and then wrap it up. Thank you. And we're back. Uh, once again, we are speaking to Dela. Um, we're going to be going over some of the UI stuff. Dela is a uh, Unity master. I've worked with him on a couple of projects, and um, he, he's just an all-around ninja. He's also a very creative guy, um, and that helps you see that a lot in his problem-solving and how he attacks uh, different things. Um, but uh, along with that is how he attacks UI. Usually in Unity UI, or well, most games are are kind of, is, a, is an afterthought or thought of as not um, really core programming. But I have found specifically using Unity that good UI programmers are really hard to find because they um, they usually lack the attention to detail. Uh, Dela coming from a Flashpoint uh, background is a radio fait with making something look really, really good. Um, exactly how it was designed. So um, I'm just going to chat to Dele now about uh, his experience with both NGUI and 2D Toolkit. Um, And I'm going to open it
1: up to him now. Well, thank you. That was a really nice uh, introduction. Um, I appreciate it. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so, you know, we were, I think it was on the the Animal Planet game. Um, You know, we'd been trying to do everything with the built-in Unity stuff, uh, which kind of relies on like a sort of center point on the screen. Um, and everything is is relative to that. And then that adjusts, um, you know, based on what kind of device you're on and its pixel ratio and stuff like that is. And uh, we're having a hard time with it, you know. And uh, it's funny because towards the end of my cool Flash stuff, it's like we we're always trying to do UI 3D. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, something that's not really mentioned much that most people don't take advantage of is in Unity, um, every cam- camera exists on a layer, right? And it has clear flags. And, um, if you, if you set, let's say you have two cameras, I can have two completely different setups that, um, are, let's say basically not related and they can run on top of each other. So for example, um, I can build out a layer of, of buttons that's, um, sitting with one camera, right. And on the camera, I'd set the camera depth's like let's say 50 or a hundred, maybe a hundred if it's going to be the topmost layer. Or ninety nine, let's say. If I know, maybe have pop ups over that, um, and so then things like the core three game that would be on, that would be on another camera. That'd be on layer zero, right? And then that camera, its clear flag would be like the skybox, and my my layer one hundred camera, it would its clear flags would be depth, right? And so now both these things are rendering to my display without any extra code. They're both going of render, and. Um, and so now I have my user interface buttons in this one camera layer, right, where this could be the layer that actually is looking for input. Right. I don't, could ignore the other camera for input and save myself some cycles, you know, depending on how many objects are in that scene. Um, maybe a lot of cycles. And, yeah. uh, and then another the layer, I can just lay out a bunch of boxes, cubes or whatever and start and now I, and you know, put some colliders on them and write a little bit of code and suddenly boom, they're interactive. Um, and GUI really runs with this idea, and it had a really great Keep Simple Stupid um, implementation that I really like. And it was also the first on the scene to really do a good job yeah. and, to, and to get that number one feature in the store and get the recognition. Um, there's a Russian fellow whose name is, I'm blanking on right now, who does it. He's great on, like, you know, English probably his name is his first language. And that guy writes me back in English, the answers to my problems personally. The guy who develops it writes me back, you know. He's and right. that's That's pretty bitching. He's a super rad dude. Um, he makes a great product that is an absolute steal for under $100. Um, I've used it on six ship titles now, and I have nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, the way all of his user interface code um, doesn't really dif- make distinctions between mouse clicks and touches. Right. It's pretty sick, pretty useful. Um, And I, I like to use NGUI as a starting off point for any sort of user interface stuff I do, or at least have done in the past. Now that said, TK2D is also something I fell in love with. Um, Working with Roger is actually what really got me sold on it. Uh, Roger has his own custom interaction framework. That's really great. I might even steal it for a future project. (laughs) Um, And so with that, he's a neat NGUI stuff. And, one of the things NGUI also did well, uh, or does well, is it creates atlases for all the sprites of users. Yep. Um, however, TK2D does this much better. Um, TK2D doesn't have as much plug-and-play UI stuff that NGUI does. Like with NGUI, you could open up the examples and just start copy-pasting them out into right. your project. right. And have very complete, very well-executed user interface and done in a very short amount of time. That alone makes it GUI super handy. Um, but TK2D, if you have a giant project, you're going to have, you know, a hundred atlases, hundreds of atlases. Right. That's, which is realistic. Like, let's be honest, folks. Like, some of these projects have crazy, you know, like, in my 3D comic project, there's already, like, 60,000 files. Wow. Or something in that ballpark. Grand. Wow. Because everything's a PNG and and they all have metaphiles and they all, it's like there might be a hundred sprites in an atlas. There's a lot of parts. How many, how many sprites do you think we have in a 3d explosion, a 2d, 3d explosion, you know, like maybe 50 at least. (laughs) And there's in the rebel future comic, there will be approximately 380 panels. Wow. All That's with the, their own moving parts. All and all with their own camera, their mm-hmm. own moving parts, their own each in an independent setup. Nice. That's a lot. Of, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. There's, there's easily a hundred between 25 and 100 parts in the average panel, and then some panels have 300 parts or something. You know. Wow. So, um and Uni handles this mm-hmm. very well. And of course, we got Beanstalk. Keep our project in. Go yeah. Beanstalk. Great product.
0: Are you using Git or SVM with Beanstalk? I'm still using SVN. Right.
1: Um. I don't know why I can't warm up to Git.
0: I, um, just to, to segue, I found that Git Ready works well, uh, with, with my Unity
1: projects. I haven't had like much, much hassle, like
0: wherever I can, I use
1: Git. I'm going to try a Beanstalk it. I mean, you know, GitHub has a two gigabyte project size limit. Uh, actually. I, if they host it and you're not, at least maybe if you're not paying, I don't know. What were you about to say?
0: No, no, no. I've got a, I've got a, uh, GitHub account and, um. I pay the lowest range, which gives you five projects, but it's unlimited storage. Okay. And I like I max it out, so okay. I know I've got
1: projects there that are that are over two gigs. Okay. And that was a couple years ago too. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, you I have felt, to there was, I had one project where I felt like it did me dirty. And right. Then I went back. Well, I mean, I actually no, that's that's not true. I went back on my previous project because my client demanded it. Right. Um. And that that's probably the most. Familiar, I ever got with Git. Maybe, I'll, maybe my new my. I'm about to do. I'm about to redo the engine, like sort of redo it, right? Um, because now it's like I keep upgrading the engine, but now I have multiple projects, and so now I'm trying to. Di- I want the engine to almost be like a standalone thing. I need. I'm basically trying to make that happen, right? Where I just drop it in, um, and then it updates, but without affecting my whole. And that's again another reason why it. I'm going to separate... I need to separate my code. <laughs> right. Like, I need I need the things that are essential 3D comic engine functions to not be... Anything else, yeah. Because I want to be able to just drag and drop... Oh, we didn't update the engine. Dropped in all my projects. Right. That's it, you know. Um,
0: so, one of the things that... Well, there's a couple of things that I really like from Git. Oh, yeah?
1: One thing... Th- yeah. Before we go back to... We're i I got to finish plugging TK2D. Go for it. I Give, do so I, we don't need talk next Everybody <laughs> loves Git. I'm one of the few people who don't love it, and I'll, I'm sure I'll love it soon. Uh, but TK2D has an incredible Atlas tool yes. that is super fantastic. You, in fact, were just telling me about this new function. Um, sprite Dicing. Sprite Dicing, which sounds incredible. Uh, basically taking a giant uh, asset for, let's say, a background or something and sort of doing... To it, what JPEG does to a bitmap, you know, and finding reusable pieces that could be, um, say, hey, this one sequence, this one square, this one part. Actually, we saw see a hundred pat times that this exact pattern is used. Let's make it one sprite and then just puzzle piece it back in yep. at runtime, like a G. Um, and TK2D, developed by some Japanese dudes who are also game makers. Uh, um,
0: no uh, X2D is, is the Japanese I thought they guys. were the same people no TK2D um, is made by Unicron Software and they're in uh, the UK okay. they're actually very responsive I did some work with the Because the way they
1: dealt with their texture patching is identical it, TK2D yeah, and, might even take inspiration from X2D who knows man
0: yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah carrying on with the TK2D uh, loveliness like that that Uh, sprite dicing that we were talking about um has has reduced my project size down from yeah radically i've chopped out two 2048 textures um just by using the dicing um so if you have if you have a project with a lot of like um a lot of uh, alpha space in it, or whatever, it will you use the sprite dicing. Um, it might up your your draw calls by one, but um, it's definitely do worth
1: you, it. Do you happen to know what the um? I know on iPad One, you can't have a you can't have an atlas or any sort of image the, piece of content that's over ten twenty four by ten twenty four. I think it's twenty forty eight. Yeah, twenty forty eight. Um. On yeah. one. Yeah.
0: It's gonna run like crap. right, right, right.
1: So, what do you know what it is on iPad two and iPad three?
0: I haven't done anything over um, four. Have you done?
1: But uh, you're doing forty ninety sixes in your projects.
0: I am doing forty ninety sixes. And they run on iPad two? No, uh, I don't. I've got a um, I've got a specific way that I do the the quality settings. So I really I rarely go. I use the two hundred four eights for the higher ones. So. Um, anything that is retina resolution uh, or retina display iPads, right. um, they use the 409-whatevers. The um, 4096. Yeah, everything else uses 2048s and lower. Okay. So, but, yeah, technically, because I, um, I do full res, quarter res, and, and half res, and so iPad 2s and, and minis get uh, half and 3GSs and iPad 1s get... And you uh, still support
1: supported. those? You're going to support those?
0: Um, I do support them just because I can. Um, okay. It's not... It's, it's not, not an effort. Yeah, it's not an effort okay. anymore.
1: So um, We can't... Like, for the comics, there's so much image, large image content. Like, I don't know if it's realistic to try and support iPad... I mean, I've been trying to... The, everything runs on iPad 1, but I don't know if it's worth... It's not a great experience.
0: So one of the things that I found with um, with uh, TK2D is it's the way that they, um, do the multiple texture sizes, right? So you can set your platform. They've got this thing called platform, which is, uh, one X, two X or four X um and it will if you automatically say in its atlas engine like how many platforms and what platform you're currently working at mm-hmm. so let's say i am wanting to down all my textures i'm working at high-res first i'm
1: putting on my high-res images nice to deal with 4096s until i'm ready to down just at publish time
0: totally mm-hmm. um and it'll it it won't resize your images for you uh but it will look for assets with a particular name so if I name my assets blah 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 at 1x and I, I, and another asset the same name at 2x it will make that swap out if I make sure that I set the platform. So when the game starts up I set my my 2 TK2D platform as 1x 2x or 4x right. and it will go and find the appropriate And because atlas. the
1: atlases are treated like a database it just works out very well. Yes. So they will The lookup is very like it all. It knows how to look all its shit up.
0: Yeah. It generates um, three atlases out of it. Right? A, right. At the different resolution. I mean, at the at whatever spri- sprites that it found as resizing. Right. Um, but when you get to that point, I've made a little image resizer for uh, for unity that oh, does. Right. Um,
1: does I sort of like average by cubic. Good. Yeah so also um better file rename i think that version 9 or 10 now better better file rename yeah bitchin 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 what a great tool um for unity for mass when you're dealing with like putting out files like this yeah yeah yeah. right you very frequently there's also a lot of file renaming (laughs) goes into this right and so here i have a thousand images i need to rename them with an extension or with some tweak dude this tool this tool does this to batch files and does it beautifully fantastic i use it all the time is
0: um, it a mac product or is it a Unity? It is product? a mac product okay it's gotcha. mac,
1: or it's not on you know it's not on apple it's a it's an independent developer made it it's a tool better rename. Um, i'll use it and for sure. i use it on every unity project
0: <laughs> fantastic
1: because it's it does you know like because i also use um photoshop actions i always make Photoshop actions for anything. I'm always looking at what the process is right. and how can I automate this because let's do less work. Let's do better product, less work, you know, um, or at least not waste hours on bullshit tasks, you know. Uh, well, I guess once, if we had an army of interns, we wouldn't care, right? But, <laughs> um, but this is more reliable than an intern. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I use um, batch action in Photoshop, you know, that, you know, when I make a panel and it has a hundred pieces, well, all those pieces were a Photoshop file. And I batched them out, you know, with cutting them down to minimum pixel space and all that stuff, and then, um, and then I batch rename them.
0: So, have you ever? I mean, like, if you're using TK2D, you could just you wouldn't have to cut the minimum... You wouldn't have to trim the... I know, boxes. I do it.
1: I like to do it that way, too. All right. I don't want to open up... If I need to tweak the acid, I don't want to open it up and it's a 2048 with a leaf in the middle of it. <laughs> you right. know, it doesn't, it doesn't serve anybody. No. It might as well, you know? I mean, it would be one... It's the one reason to keep them all uncropped un- or whatever, you know, it's is or untrimmed, is if you want to lay them... If you want to make sure they all lay out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the thing is... Actually, I can't really say why, but something to do with the 3D comics, that doesn't benefit, that doesn't serve me. All right. Because depth is a factor. Right. And, and scaling is a factor. To, yeah, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, so that feature doesn't serve me. The tri- I always trim. And I know TK2D trims automatically for the atlas, but I actually prefer my files just trim, period.
0: So one thing I wanted to talk to you about, you brought up scaling with 2D images, is map mapping. Yeah. Uh, I'm gathering because you have to scale your content that you do use MIP mapping?
1: Well, MIP mapping is built into...
0: It is. You have to turn it on and off on the texture. The thing
1: is, MIP mapping is meant for 3D models that are at a dist- in the distance, right? Where, um, a, let's say, a 2048 or a 5012 texture is on some model way in the distance, and it's really only taking up 30 pixels by 30 pixels right. on the screen. That the thing that is not the way we're using textures, you know, what we're doing is we're taking two D. Everything that is seen is seen at the resolution it's meant to be seen. Right. right now, just because one piece is a thousand units from the camera and another piece is fifty thousand units from the camera, that's not relevant because as they're perceived, they're right. at a hundred percent. I see that. of their actual size.
0: But, um, map mapping does also come in handy when you resize things. Let's say you've got like an explosion and you've got this particular particle that you resize it. So it goes, there's, there's a... no animation. Oh, okay. Got you. Got it, right?
1: Because comics, and this is a, we've thought about this a lot, um, and Evan Matthews, um, the, the illustrator I'm working with, he's a comic purist and, you know, I've really come to understand comics a lot better while working on these projects, but basically, Comics are a user-controlled experience, right? The content is never controlled by the user, but the pace always is. Right. Right? And an animation is something that occurs in time, right? Ah. And anything that occurs in, on a timeline is in direct uh, violation of the core principle of comic, which is is, u- is a user-paced experience. Right. Right? The user might stare at a panel for five minutes. They might, that's, I there's have, so many things, yeah, oh there's God. so many things to look at, because everything is lovingly illustrated, and, you know, the, the reason why a comic can be so sparse on words is because, like they say, uh, you know, a, a photo is worth a thousand words, like, mm-hmm. that's the thing, it's like, the story is told mostly visually, only things that must be spoken or must be thought need to be in a bubble, right, right? And so, the user is going to take their time looking at these things, and that's why, so like, it's a really interesting project because it it does so many things that no other project I've ever worked on done, and it doesn't do all the things that most projects I've worked on do. Right, right. You know, and fancy, you know, animations is something that almost every project I've worked on had. Right. And this is not that, you know. It's fun. It's cool. I can't wait to see it.
0: Um... Getting back to to two D stuff, did you have any issues moving to the new version of Angry?
1: Um, well, I did read the documentation before. I did <laughs> excellent. Um, also, my newest projects have been set up where I've never I don't move the libraries from the location they install to. Uh, I work with a versioning system, so I can do things with confidence. Right, um, and yeah, I mean. I upgraded to Unity Unity 4.3. It required it an NGUI update. Some things weren't quite right. Right. Um, and I completely removed the, the original stuff, and I installed it fresh like it was brand new, and it worked great. Excellent. No problem. I think I might have even exported my project and pulled out NGUI, and, oh, you know what you should do when you do this? Delete the library and delete the temp. Right. Like, you click, like... Cl- like Delete Unity, or delete in GUI, or delete, <laughs> delete in GUI, or no, do your 4.3 update, then delete in GUI, then uh, do the asset store, but then, no, then delete your library, then delete your temp, then do the asset store install, then let it regenerate, then you should be good. Excellent. They don't put it to you like that, but that's, I think, the best way to do it. Right.
0: I um I saw I had a, a dialogue system that required that was using Z indexing for layers, uh-huh. um, and the new Angui uses. Um, you prefer that over just sorting it? Sorry, you prefer that?
1: Like you use um on your two D UI are you using a three D camera. Or are you using um, an orthographic camera. Orthographic. Okay. Um, cool. So and you don't just use the, the Z depth to do the sorting. We do use the
0: Z, Z depth with the new NGUI, though. Uh, Z depth doesn't make a difference. It uses uh, the internal. You um, have to make sure everything has a unique yeah. layer number, don't you? Um, you can, but that that whole unique layer number thing it does got nothing to do with your Z depth. It uses the transparency. Um, because in Unity, in your shaders, like you've got transparency slots, right? So geometry is always rendered first, and then other things, and you've got transparency that has like a thousand slots, right, in the video card, and that's how they do the sorting. So okay. what they do is they go transparency plus one for layer one, transparency
1: plus two for layer two. Okay. So but what then, happens when two layers are the same layer number? Uh, then it's
0: just whichever one you put down first, whichever one goes to the um, video card first is the one that that gets that rendered a bit of underneath. Problem for you. Um, it it hasn't, or at least been, you have to tweak it, right? Like you do have to tweak it. I just found it was interesting because I had a dialogue system that was based on the Z index stuff, right? And then it broke completely because it didn't have the Z indexing stuff in there. So um, I just had to go in and rewrite some stuff to okay. to set the NGUI layer. Uh, but now you're not using Angui anymore, right? Or... Um, no, I'm moving away from it. Um, I'm just moving to 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 pure, 2D, pure 2D pure toolkit. TK2D. Yeah, thing that is so attractive is just the dicing. It's just it's the right way to do
1: sprites. Um, and it's like you can't have NGUI without also having all its stuff in there. Which yeah. if you're using TK2D, you don't need all that stuff. Yeah. Like I don't use NGUI's Atlas tools, they're still in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That yeah. And that's why I've been thinking about doing the same thing. Although I actually thought I was gonna go pure NGUI and just drop the TK two D. But now after talking to you today, I think I might just go to pure TKTD.
0: The thing is that I my old workflow with uh, with NGUI was um, I had to have uh, the texture atlaser, right? So I did all my textures using texture um, atlaser and then imported them. Now, just because I had better control of the padding and everything, and I just found it was a little bit better from the user flow, also from like if if I fucked up something. To use like, texture atlaser. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, You know, I could always go back and just regenerate stuff, Um, and I've never had to do that with TK 2 d It's awesome. Cool. Uh, What were we talking about? Cameras, UI, yeah. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners who, who don't know, making a UI system is relatively easy. Um, it uh, starts with setting up your UI camera um, and setting up a UI camera is not a big deal. It's an orthographic camera and you set the um, the width and the, well, you're setting the height of the camera to be half the pixel size, right? So your orthographic camera will have a size variable and in there, let's say I've got um, my, my my height of my project is 1024, um, then the number I would put in that orthographic size would be 512. Um, And then afterwards, just scale your sprites, your your actual meshes to that size, and you'll get them pixel perfect. Um, There's a lot of things you can do with it.
1: Careful with childing objects and scaling the parents. Yes. Like, you're going to get everybody, keep everything at 111 scale. Like, try to avoid scaling things as much as possible when you're dealing with this UI stuff. If you want if you want pixel perfection, right, and you want it to all make sense, like, don't try to avoid nesting mm-hmm. as much as you can, right? And certainly do not avoid, certainly do not scale things that have children in them. Right. Because then then you're going to have to scale them, and then you're going to have to scale theirs. Like, it just, <laughs> it's going to yeah. be a nightmare. T- yeah. Try and keep, when you're working in UI, try and keep everything one-on-one. In a 3D world, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, it just yeah the rule doesn't even apply when you're doing pure 3D stuff.
0: I'm sorry, continue. Um, and uh, from there, it's just rendering meshes and uh, and transparent uh, textures on top of them. Uh, we can go into mip mapping and all the benefits, but we'll do that in the later show. Um, and That's now good. I just wanted to wrap up and ask Stella what he's playing.
1: Man, I got back into... It started with the StarCraft two expansion, right. which was brilliantly executed, uh, part of the swarm. Uh, I played through it twice on hard. And uh, <laughs> it's man. cool that it's got branching story and stuff. It's really beautifully done um, and kind of a little bit of a love story. Uh, and I've always been a big fan of Blizzard. My first PC game right. that I owned, not first video game, but first PC game, was Warcraft Orcs and Humans. Right. Um, I've purchased every and played every Blizzard title since. The only thing I haven't played is that one Nintendo game they did. Oh, uh, Nintendo. The one with the motorcycle rider. Playing, I'm blanking on the name. But I, I even played uh, Lost Vikings. Did I you haven't... play Battle Chess? Didn't they do Battle Chess? No, no, they didn't do Battle. I mean, they might. I know they were. They were actually working on like a full fulfillment kind of, or not. Like, they were like an agency originally, and oh, then really? they started doing their own content, nice. and they changed their brand name. Right. But yeah, um, now like I'm my and wow, my shaman, my orc shaman's about to. About to hit level 90, nice, and then I'll be doing top tier content, which I've never actually hit the cap level before. Um, usually I quit playing before I can <laughs> do that because I realize it's taking too much time, but um, yeah, I'll probably do another playthrough of Starcraft 2 because I enjoyed it that much. Um, I'll probably, I'm, I'll definitely get the expansion for Diablo 3. Nice, um, I logged into Diablo 3 and played like 30 minutes just to. Just to be like, oh, yeah, Diablo 3, what's what's great about it? Right, and, right. Um, and interestingly enough, they're closing down the, the auction house because fuck in-app purchasing, guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've you know, I bought a lot of games on Steam recently. Before that, like FTL, mm-hmm. I, I didn't play it recently, but FTL is a fantastic indie game right. where you're in control of a spacecraft um, and all the decisions and, you know, uh, crisis management that comes with that. Um, Are you excited for the Steam Box? I am. I'm excited for Steam Box. It needs that. It needs a console. Yeah. Um, It needs to not be a PC thing. PC things, people still think it's dorky. Right. It's not cool. Um, Yeah, it's funny. People are like, ew, you played World of Warcraft? But then on the other hand, if they just see you playing it, they don't know it's World of Warcraft, they're like, ooh, what's this game? This game looks great. I want to play it. Yeah. It's almost like, call it something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So... Uh, and I got my Xboxes, I have two Xboxes, um, I got two T V. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, I'm, I'll get an Xbox One, they're mm-hmm. making good games for it already, and I love the Xbox 360, I won't be buying a new PlayStation, I didn't buy a 3, I never bought a PlayStation actually, right. they always seem poorly executed, Right. you know,
0: I don't know. I broke down to buy, to buy a PlayStation
1: uh, when Journey came out. And um,
0: that's uh, another reason. Yeah, oh, I bought a Wii
1: U. You did? Yeah, and I started playing Zelda's on it. I played. I started playing Wind Waker, and then I got about. And I'd already played almost to the end of Wind Waker, and then I kind of. Uh, I've Zelda. I've Triforce statues on me, by the way. Doesn't so mm. can't see?
0: Well, I've been thinking about buying a, two, a Wii U just for the, the reason Wii. of getting uh, the new Mario
1: game. It's supposed to be awesome. The Zelda's, the new Zelda's, don't do it for me anymore. Is it because I'm older? Maybe they're very child games. the audio cues are on fucking Twilight Princess right are bad, and this coming from a guy who has got Zelda tattoos, just yeah, so. high pitched and annoying like, <laughs> like it's all I, I don't know, I mean, they do everything that Zelda games do right too. like and I love it, don't I. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> like, on new games... um, I don't know. Maybe it's not the right place to play in. I'm not sure. I bought a Wii U just to play the Zeldas I hadn't played. And I had, and then I put them all down. Wow. And then packed up my Wii U and haven't played it since.
0: Hmm. Maybe I'll have to buy that for me. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah bro. Take it off my hands. <laughs>
1: and it's a great system. It's cool how... The kid can be on the TV, and then we use more of a controller right. with an, an auxiliary screen for mm-hmm. like items and maps and stuff like that. Yeah. Brilliant, love it. And then turn the TV off, walk away, and now the game's on the Wii U. All like right. The auxiliary stuff now just menus you can get to.
0: That's I, I don't even know that. Like,
1: I, had I known you hadn't seen it, I would have had it set up just so you you could see it. Right. Um, really great, really great, really great. The device doesn't actually work very far away from the console. It needs to be relatively. Right. Needs to be on the same Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, Or it might even, yeah, I think it's streaming from Wi-Fi. It might even be streaming, like, Bluetooth or something. Mm. I don't know. There's a little black magic in there. Yeah. But anyway, Um. yeah. Cool.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time, David. And um, hopefully we'll about. circle back with you later and we can see more of your uh, your project when it's released, uh, Rebel Future. And it's rebelfuture.com. Yes, sir. Go right. support it. Go like the and page. In fact, just
1: Google Rebel Future and the trailer will pop right up. Um, We don't actually have a ton of content, but the trailer is ditching. (laughs)
0: ditching, (laughs) I agree it is. And uh, don't forget to check out my blog at blog.collectivemass.com and download more of these podcasts. Thank you very much, guys, and good night.